Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left the Jank squad, they took matters into their own hands. Having Vandal been defeated by Malamara and Lance Thalen, they regrouped, they discussed, and they spent the next week infiltrating, getting more information, and with Fleeple's new alliance slash friendship with Anzar, the Red Wizard from Thay, they discovered a few vital pieces of information. Not only was the source or the energy source for the ritual a bunch of innocent people from all the local villages from miles around, but that these camps also were obviously in a state of distrust with one another, and they used that to their advantage by setting up some fake fights between the three of them and by eventually using Vandal's corpse to send a message to some of the other camps, which as soon as this all erupted with their fantastic slash ridiculous stealth rolls being above 30. (laughs) For some of us. (laughs) Which I still can't get over as the dungeon master. (laughs) The white portion of the camp erupted into chaos as the others started to hunker down just as the sounds of battle or rather the sounds of the opposing army started encroaching in on the caldera itself. And that is where we jump into this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So, Jank Squad, you've had a restless night as each of you have been carrying out this plan, these uh, final plans to cause an uproar in the camp. Uh, Just as the sun is rising, you sneak back into your previous accommodations and this is the time where the council of Waterdeep's armies are encroaching in and finally have arrived at the caldera at the well of dragons battle has not begun but there is a large heavy hustle and bustle around the camp here there has been quite a bit of reconnaissance that has been done uh, over the past week, week and a half here. A lot of information has been gained. This is the actual final push before everything breaks loose here. So, before the Council of Waterdeep's armies, the, the Alliance, crashes into the Well of Dragons, is there anything else? that you would like to either set in motion, get going, get started, get finished. This is pretty much it. So if you have anything that requires more than, I don't know, an hour or more than uh, half an hour, now's probably going to be the time. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because Hero's Feast takes 10 minutes to cast and one hour to consume. There it is. Hero's Feast. Get some of that holiday sauce. Yeah. Okay, so where are you guys going to camp out for this hero's feast? Are you? Should we, should we do it in the tunnel where you guys killed Vandal? Because nobody knows where it is. And sure. we took all the bodies out, so there you go. Yeah. Ah, okay. Sounds good. With this hustle and bustle, I will give each of you a stealth check with advantage due to chaos starting to break out. Now, 
two out of three is going to be a success here. And if there is a failure, uh, two failures amongst the three of you, there might be a possible encounter or conflict leading up to this hero's feast as somebody tries to rope you into preparations or something to that fact. So, Lance, what number above 30 did you get? 32. <laughs> okay, there we go. So, one guaranteed success, right? Uh, Fleeple. 19. 19. And Mal. 17 for Mal. Wow. Would you roll? Did you roll a 17 on the die? I roll a 15. Oh, okay. okay. Three successes. So as you rush around the camp and you recall the these hidden lava tubes is what I'll say with quotes, hidden lava tubes, these forgotten lava tubes is what I'll say. That is between the black camp and the green camp. So you're rushing and as things start to, uh, the horns start to rouse everybody from their slumber and their sleep, you quickly duck on in to the lava tubes and Fleeple, I imagine it's that point you just immediately set down as you get um, some feet in there and just start casting Heroes Feast, yeah? Correct. And so this is going to consume that 1,000 gold piece bowl that I got before we left Waterdeep and uh, the benefits that we get from this feast are as such. We are cured of all diseases and poison. We become immune to poison and being frightened we make all wisdom saving throws with advantage and our hit point maximum increases by 2d10 and we gain the same number of hit points. These benefits last for 24 hours. Dang. So we'll have Ned roll the hit point increase here. We'll just have it roll. He'll just roll once, I believe, and then everybody will get that because he's a spellcaster. That is eight. Eight. So eight more max HP for everybody at the table here. I'm over a hundred. Yay. Yay! Welcome to the club. Those are Yay. temporary hit points. You said no. no they this are... is a perm. This is for the next twenty-four hours an increase to your max HP. So you can heal back to it. Yes. It's magic, magic hit points. Okay, so Fleeple, what does this hero's feast look like? I take orders from Lance and Mal. What are your favorite foods? L- Lance is lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulling out a list of allergies yeah. and yeah. preferences. And uh, I can't do walnuts. Um, <laughs> well, he is an elf. He um, just upset my tummy. <laughs> Lance's favorite foods? Uh, Lance has always, whenever we've been at a tavern, Lance has always ordered super cheap, 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 cheap wine. Opposite. He's going to go with the most expensive thing he can think of because he has always <laughs> made that a habit. Just because it's, it's a way to lay low. And so do that. And then what else? What else? What else? What else? Lance is, uh, Lance just wants a good sandwich. Like a good sandwich. I mean, an an average sandwich is easy to find. Most places you can get an average sandwich. A great sandwich. I mean, you could maybe count on your hand the number of times you've ever eaten a great sandwich in your life. So that's what he wants. That is so true. A sandwich that takes one hour to consume. Exactly. So it, it's a it's it's yes. a it's a six foot foot long. <laughs> so we got a party sub just for one. Party sub. <laughs> party sub. <laughs> just for me. And for Mal, very similar vein in that she has been a mercenary for the past several years, tavern to tavern, low quality of food just because she wants to spend low amounts of money on it. 
And even when she was in her tribe, she got the leanest parts of the the dinners because she was an outcast. And so very timidly, she asks for a steak, like a good cut of steak. And with all the trimmings that she has seen in, you know, holiday shops in the towns that she's gone through of potatoes and gravy, the meat, the stuffing with the bread and just like a really nice, hearty, comfort food meal. Very nice. For Fleeple, we're going to have a Neapolitan pizza and also a deep dish pizza, like Chicago style, also a New York style pizza. Also uh, off to the side, he's going to make himself just kind of a pile of partially decomposed bird carcasses, just to kind of, you know, it's, it's comfort food. It's from his childhood. It's what he's used to. It's true. Very true. No lamb. Oh. <laughs> oh, no lamb. Trigger. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll throw a gyro in there or something. Oh, yeah, there you go. No. <laughs> He's like crying. It's just so good. It's, it's <laughs> pretty good. But yeah, basically every region that has its name in front of the word pizza, he's going to make one of each of those and then a whole bunch of bird carcasses. There you go. Okay, so with that hour, uh, you take that hour. What do you guys talk about? What's going through each of your minds? This is this is it. You are an incredible strike team, the Jank Squad. You just carried out an espionage, almost heist, where you sowed dissent amongst the Cult of the Dragon here. And not only that, you infiltrated the Cult of the Dragon a second time. And man, the first time was pretty good. But man, the second time was just like, you just felt so in tune with each other. You just felt like, uh, even though you've been a year apart from each other, your trust for one another, your relationships, how you rely on each other's skills and talents have only seemed to have increased as each of you have gone and bettered yourself and then come back together to contribute as a whole. So what, what are some of these last minute thoughts and these words that you share with one another before... It all begins. Mal wants to look at all of the information we have accumulated from our Wizards of Fae and cross-reference it with the spying that she has done for whatever it's worth on the outside (laughs) and try and see if we can nail down. She's very uh, goal-focused because she knows what's happening outside this cave right now. And so she wants to figure out the details before we move forward. So for her, she's just looking at the information and trying to figure out if we can isolate where we think these tributes are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Mal contributed a lot more, but I just could see it being like, yeah, I did see wizards. That's right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I did see them exit <laughs> out of this place and walk right into that tent that everybody else saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were people in those tubes? I confirmed that they walked from that tent to that tube. They did wear red. <laughs> 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 the green camp yeah. wore green. The green. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> oh boy! Oh my gosh! <laughs> all right. Yes, I will confer with my notes here and see if I can get any additional information for you that you would have learned that I have neglected to share with you, Mickey, based off of all of those roles and that infiltration. 
And since she is an outlander and has a head for maps, she's going to memorize the inside, the maps that we have of the inside with limited accuracy. We don't know how accurate they are, but what the information she has. Lance will, as Malamar is kind of doing the spreading of the papers and the connections and, okay, what do we know for this? What do we know for this? Okay, this is where we go. Lance will walk over to Fleeple and he'll say, uh, Fleeple, do you have a second? I have an hour's worth of seconds. Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, <laughs> um, Fleeple, you know that I'm not the religious type. Um, there's a lot behind that. Not sure if the gods are all that holy or evil or... They seem to always be polar opposites and I think they're more on the middle ground like us, but would you mind if I prayed with you? I would not mind at all. In fact, I believe that uh, Bahamut is in much more of a listening mood right now than he usually is. I'm just saying, it's not its not that I'm worshipping the, the thing, the dragon, I don't know what he is. Um, I just think he's your friend and it's... It, I'd like to thank him for what he's done for you and for us. And for you, I suppose. Uh, I'm part of us, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's done something specifically for me, but I think it's blessed by association, if you will, because you've definitely, you've definitely helped me a lot in the last year or so. Well, you know, it's just an, a mutual exchange, I suppose you could say. I don't quite understand. What do you mean by that? Huh, well, you've done a lot for me as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, any, any, I know you do, you know, your meditations occasionally toward him, it, whatever it is. Um, I would just like to be a part of that this one time. Alright. Well, as I uh, pray along with Lance, I'm going to make sure that I pray specifically to ask Bahamut what he can do for my friend Lance Thalen as we go into this uh, final encounter here. I wasn't asking for... Okay, well, if he... If there's some kind of oath bond, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Leeple, I'll have you roll a religion check with advantage here. Booyah. It's two sevens. I would like to use a luck point. Probably a good thing. A 19. 19. So, as you pray to Bahamut, both of you pray. Lance, you sort of repeat some of the words as Fleeple uh, encourages at certain times, right? But Fleeple, you lead on this prayer, this meditation, this communion with Bahamut. And as Bahamut has encouraged you to reach out to him, to use him, to foster that relationship as you see fit, bringing Lance Thalen into this as well. He speaks to you, Fleeple, and the words that he speaks don't have maybe as much significance as the emotion that is behind it. His words are somewhat commonly spoke, though they are in Draconic, and it's just in your mind. This fight sure will not be easy. I think there's a little bit I could do for your friend, though. Reach out your hand, Fleeple. And as you feel prompted to reach your hand out to Lance Thalen, 
I just like go as if I'm about to place it right on his forehead. <laughs> okay, this is this is why religion's weird. <laughs> Lance, you feel this as weird as religion has been for all of the years of your life. And you've seen a lot of religions. You've even created a religion or two. We don't talk about that. <laughs> no, we don't talk about we those don't talk types. About that. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about those scams, but as you—that's why we don't go to Neverwinter. Yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah, right. As you've truly humbled yourself and reached out to Fleeple, and as he reaches out to you, you you shy away, but you don't reject Fleeple as he places his hand on your head, and you feel this warmth come over you. It's as if a gentle fire started on your forehead and just slowly simmered its way through your body. And it doesn't necessarily warm your whole body up. Eventually, it's like a single flame almost. And you shiver, but it brings you that warmth that, well, frankly, I'm not sure you've ever felt a warmth like this before. And I will just, mechanically, you have been given essentially one charge to activate blind sight. Oh, for you. Ooh. A draconic sense has been blessed upon you to utilize for 1 minute. Doesn't take an action, doesn't take a bonus action to activate, but you do have to declare it on your turn. And when you do declare it for one minute after, you are blessed with a blind sight only up to 10 feet, but a blind sight nonetheless. Dang. That was not what I was intending, but cool. <laughs> I was just going for RP moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a, that's why we're a good team, because that's what I was intending. <laughs> hey, finger guns. Yeah. As, as you see a canary, just... Just give me finger guts and fly That's away. That's Bahamut. Bahamut. And I gotta find another bass riff for in Bahamut. Well, it can't just be a bass riff. It has to be like a chorus of bass riffs. Wonderful. Anything else before I... I don't want to cut anybody off here. Well, I guess we should probably just uh, make sure that we've got our order of operations all figured out. Because we've got our information from Anzar about like locations within the caldera. We know where Severin's chambers are. We know where the different rituals are going to be happening. We know presumably where the uh, spirits, the tribute, is being held. So I think step one, now that we've got this new information about these lost souls, I think that's probably our best place to go to start. That'll help to sow some additional chaos here in the caldera and also take away a big powerful part of this ritual that's going on something i i neglected to mention as the dungeon master is the dracorn is also in the caldera here uh that is nearish the the treasure room but yeah that's part of it and severin's quarters as you recall severin's quarters had the the masks in it and it was heavily guarded but you don't necessarily, uh, it looks like Severin's quarters are not in the map that was provided to you, Malamara. But the other portion does, which Fleepo was just speaking about, there are 
highlighted sort of near the white area of the camp. Um, if you were to drill directly through the rock bed on the eastern side of the caldera and drill right in, those appear to be where the prisoners are being kept. So the prisoner pens don't look that far from where we currently are. In a manner of speaking, no, but if you recall the last time you were in this particular tunnel, there is big rock slide that is blocking your current path going eastward, which would take you to the prisoner pens, but this is just a bunch of rock is in your way, unfortunately. Hence why this tunnel has been forgotten, just it fell to disuse due to nobody wanting to uh, remove this rock slide uh, as it seems to only have gone east, but there is a little bit of a portion going north as well that is unexplored that you haven't gone to the end of the tunnel necessarily. And through our scouting and through our excursions into the Well of the Dragon, on roll 20, on our map, we can see that there's a bunch of people at this opening coming in from, you said the white camp? Correct. So would we know that those people are there? Yes, you would know for, through lances and your own scouting that each of the actual entrances that are being used are heavily guarded. Now, it's just about at this time, however, that each of you in your mind hear, Ah, hello, hello. Ah, Jinx Squad, can you hear me? Can, can, can you hear me clear? Is, am I coming in clearly? Yes. Ah, yes, perfect people. Ah, uh, Lance, Malamara, are you there? Are you hearing this too? Say yes. Speak, apparition. Yes, <laughs> all three of you are hearing this. This is Leosin. Bing goes, ah, excellent. I seem to have caught you. Um, we are devoting uh, a little bit of a magical means to be able to speak to all three of you, but to avoid confusion and to, uh, as you are our strike force and one of our teams behind enemy lines, I felt it um, critical to coordinate with you. Now, um, you've been there for quite some time. What is your plan of attack? Well, step one, we're going to go and try and free the prison souls who are helping to fuel uh, part of the offering for this big ritual that's going on. Good heavens, are they you? They're using... <sighs> yes, we, we thought the exact same thing. Very recently, we didn't realize until... Just that's why the towns have been all barren and destined. Oh, it makes sense, it makes perfect yes, sense. Yes, we put that together, too, as, as well, for sure. Drat. Yes, of course. That, that that would be useful to get them out of there. Yes, of course. Um, shoot. Ah, well, good. I feel that's good. Uh, that, that you said that's step one then? Yes? Yes, that's step one. Uh, there might be a couple other steps along the way, but eventually I think, I think we haven't said it out loud yet, but I think eventually we're going to go toe-to-toe with Severin and try to kill him. As Leosin takes his big sigh and goes, I've been doing a lot of pondering on my way here over the, the weeks of travel, and I have to say if Severin gets away... He probably would be able to amass a force, uh, whether in five years, ten years down the road, where we'd be dealing with this exact same threat as well. So I think that's wisdom amongst the three of you, if you've come to that conclusion, that he has to be dealt with. So whatever is going to happen in the middle part of that is a little bit fuzzy, I think. But releasing the prisoners, that's going to cause a big kerfuffle. That might be just exactly the sort of thing that's going to attract Severin's attention. 
if we can manage to find a way to get him when he's not surrounded by his ridiculously powerful worm souls that are his cards, who have 100 hit points apiece and 18 AC and orbs of dragon breath, yeah, if, if we can uh, avoid getting into a fight with those folks, I think that would be pretty great. Yes. Well, here's, here's what... Um, <laughs> Is, is what I think um, I, uh, one of the big things I wanted to uh, reach out to you about. It seems that you have made quite a splash with um, the uh, with Macarth and with the um, the Arcane Brotherhood because they are ready to run right past the front lines and come join you into the camp there. Uh, they've got Macarth was uh, quite moved by over this past year and has brought amassed. I wouldn't call it an army of wizards, but uh, certainly maybe a good dozen or so of wizards that uh, uh, magic users that um, would be able to assist you once you got into the inner sanctum, so to speak, uh, and to help you out. Now, uh, I don't know if uh, Severin would find himself around the Red Wizards and that the Arcane Brotherhood were... I, part of me thinks that they are hoping to go toe-to-toe with the abominations they view as the fate wizards, but uh, but regardless, it seems that you have some strong allies that can help you once you get past either some of these initial defenses or however you wish to use them. Speaking of strong allies, you should be aware there is one wizard who is our friend. Anzar is one of the Red Wizards of Thay. He's a spy too, just like me. Where it's it's a big, it's a cool like spy spy brotherhood friendship sort of thing going on. So, how do I make sure you know which wizard is the wizard to not kill amongst all of the other wizards? Uh, I just find that very hard to believe that. Uh, they would, well, I found it hard to believe that Cobalt uh, would be uh, worshiping Bahamut. So, <laughs> do wonders never cease? <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a Bahamut baby. Um, now, just, just, look for, <laughs> just look for the one wizard that is being attacked by all of the other red wizards, be, and that's probably the one that you don't want to kill. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Um, something else which I um, wanted to share with you was the Zentarum was uh, traveling with us up until about two days ago. And I assume it's because they wish to uh, infiltrate the camp on their own and uh, um, get there in front of us. So depending on how your relationship is with the Zentarum, you may have allies there in hiding as well. So just maybe something to be aware of if you would want to maybe um, pronounce yourselves or make it known who you are if you are in disguise or under guise of not the Jenk squad. Of course, if you're attacking cultists, I think it'd be pretty uh, apparent uh, who you are. So I have just something to be aware of as well. So I think we're on, I think we have a good in with this Zentarum. I look over at Lance. Yes, uh, that's, uh, do you, from our brief conversations, it seemed that things were as good as they could be with the Zentarum. I'm sorry, you're breaking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel. Okay. I'm in a tunnel. <laughs> Sorry, one of our wizards here yeah. just got a nosebleed. I'll, I'll see if he can try to reconnect. Um, yes, um, from, well, and Thomas, from what I understood, I, I think we had established like 75 to 80-ish percent of the Zentarum had turned on Vandal, turned on the cult, cult's machinations, correct. if you will. So is that cor- correct? Am I on, on the right track there? You're absolutely correct. Okay. And with Ralph sort of being the 
secondary, not leader, but head uh, to kind of like help you in that. So yeah, absolutely. Yes, so we have a good portion of the Zentarum behind us. Uh, they should be with you, from what I remember, at the last Council of Waterdeep. We actually had representatives. They were, but they disappeared about two days ago, and I assume it's because um, they, they maybe wanted to sneak in. They probably so, rolled um, over a 30 on their stealth rolls, you know, to get away from you. <laughs> so it's just a thing we do. It's, you know, just rogue to rogue. Uh, but yes, they are, I would assume, they are still very much around. They're probably planning their own machinations, if you will. They will be part of the battle. Can't guarantee that they're also not looking out for themselves and might steal a bunch of this treasure that's here, but uh, they will They will lend their support, and they will do it in a very cool, flashy, stylish way that we rogues <laughs> like to do behind the scenes. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, well, I have to say... Um, most of our other force, we, we're, we're going to try to push in as fast as we can, but these chromatic dragons are, they're going to have to be something that we're going to have to deal with. In fact, if um, help doesn't arrive, or rather, if we can't find a way soon, some of the arcane brotherhood will have to stay behind to deal with the, metal- the chromatic dragons outside, so that... Our force is just not entirely wiped Did out. the platinum dragons um, not come with you to help against the chromatic dragons? Because we, we had an understanding. What about Otto? Uh, well, um, I, I regret Malamar. I've, I've not heard from someone named Otto. Uh, so Otto was have, the nickname, if I remember correctly. It was. I don't have the full name. I have to assume that. We, we, we have to work under the assumption that... Maybe they aren't here. She might look like um, an elf, silver dragon, a pro... Pro Protanther? 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 Oh, silver dragon. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) An elf. An elf among all these people. If if they show up, they will be a great boon to us and a great asset. But as of right now, we are under the assumption, guys, that... We're going to have to deal with the chromatic dragons on our own. You spend a year with dragons and you think that they're going to have your back. We're hoping that one of them at least will not be as invested in the fight as the others. We've sown some dissent in the camp and hopefully one of them will either fly away or turn possibly and just start attacking anything they see. Oh, that's good to hear because if... As the Arcane Brotherhood was going to deal with the dragons, we were just going to... Having a unified force of five different cultist camps, would, we were going to focus all of our... The Order of the Gauntlet, the Harpers, we were going to focus all of our attention on that and just try to push through that line. But realistically, it's it, 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 it would take quite some time to get to you. I would say your best bet, and correct me if I'm wrong, gang, but I think your best bet is to focus on the green line of the battle. We've been able to sow some dissent in the other camps. Some better than others. But we, I mean, green, I just totally forgot about it. It was just like, oh, that's a color too. Um, So that is, I think, the most united of the camps right now. The other ones might be a little bit more weaker or hesitant, at least to protect each other. Oh, 
So not as strong of a unified force, then? Yes, they won't back each other up, if you will. The green might be backing everybody up because they've just been living high on life in another part of the camp that we've never visited. But the, the blue... Praise be to Bahamut for that, for we were... I was not looking forward to having uh, the full force of all of the camps bearing down on us, but if they are fractured... Oh. Well, praise be to Lance. He killed Vandal and uh, blamed the blue camp on doing it. What? You killed... This alone is cause for celebration. I mean, really, it was a it was a rogue firewall. It wasn't meant to do what I thought it was going to do, and it just went rogue on me. And, and it really actually helped in the end. But we we need more things like this to go rogue. I'll pass this along to our generals. I'll pass this on to Antharfrum immediately. This is this is grand news. Oh, glorious. Okay. Wonderful. We may be able to send the Brotherhood to you faster than we had initially intended. Wonderful. Yes. Also, don't know if this helps. Fleetbot has come up with an amazing hollandaise sauce that I just, I can't rave more about. This this is also similarly good news. We will discuss this at a later time in our victory, in our victory meal that we have. All right? Back at the singing sword. Good news of a potentially equally significant <laughs> stature to that of killing Vandal. All right, well, I, I have much to discuss with on that room to quickly change our plans, but it sounds like we should be good to go, honestly, in the next five to ten minutes. Uh, I don't think that these, these, these will accelerate our plans greatly, so um, just here, here for our call-out, and uh, then we will all attack in full force together. Whew. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, it's probably mm, time, probably time, I guess. I have to say, as although I cannot see your faces, I wish to thank you sincerely from the bottom of my hearts, from our hearts, for trusting a beat-up monk in a caldera all those months ago, and people for an unexpected brotherhood to have been created in the most unlikeliest of places. Thank you. Thank you all. Well, and I know you can't see me, but I think you can imagine what I'm doing. And you hear just a snap. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> May Bahamut watch over us all today. Yes, Bahamut Troth. Bahamut Troth, brother. And with that, the connection is severed. Well... In these five to ten minutes, where are you going? Uh, how are you going to get to these uh, specific tunnels uh, that I mentioned? As you recall, to the north, that tunnel is still yet unexplored. It does go deeper into the caldera. The rock slide? The rock slide is to the east, uh, which is directly blocking your path. And that's the, that would be the shortest path to get to the uh, prisoners. All right. Do you want me to do some exploring real quick, everybody? Well, that's what I wanted to ask Lance, if he wanted to go explore, since I don't have a Zaza yeah. anymore to do that. How? <laughs> well, okay, I'll just tell you my thing. Yeah. I totally, well, I know I have this ability. I just totally was like, oh, I could use this. I have Ghost Walk, where I become a spectral form and can float through anything. So I could float through the rock slide and see what's on the other side. How long does it last? <laughs> ten, ten minutes. <gasps> Stop! I thought it was oh, like a round. My gosh! 
So, but I only have a flying speed. In this form, you have a flying speed of 10 feet. You can hover. Do I have to hover, though? If it says can hover. It says, yeah, while in this form, you have a flying speed of 10 feet, you can hover. I would assume because I'm spectral, maybe that's why it's saying that, because I can't walk okay, so, spectrally. Yeah, the, the term hover in D&D, if you have a flying speed, that usually means you have to like continue moving in order to stay aloft. But if you can hover, uh, that means you can stop in midair. But I can't like put my feet on the ground. Like I am in flying. Like th- this is what I'm thinking is if I have a flying speed of 10 feet, you can hover and attack rolls have disadvantage against you. Does that mean I only can move 10 feet Per turn, or can I stay on the ground and move like my thirty feet? This is a good question. Like, do do you have to get out of your spectral form to get your full movement? The back? whole thing. It says you enter partially the realm of the dead, becoming like a ghost. As a bonus action, you take a spectral form. While in this form, you have a flying speed of ten feet. You can hover and attack rules of disadvantage against you. You can also move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain, but you take 1d10 force damage if you end your turn inside of a creature or an object. You stay in this form for 10 minutes or until you end it with another bonus action. I read that as, yes, your speed is reduced to 10 feet while you were in this form for those 10 minutes and that you can't necessarily benefit from your own speed. But if I do, like, for instance, as a rogue, I do my movement, my action, and I can use dash, so I can technically go 30 feet then. But if I'm flying through something, it's difficult to rain, so that cuts it in half. Oh, but wait! But wait! I took the mobile feet! That's the right. mobile feet. When I there use the go. dash action, okay, on only stacks. the dash action. When I use the dash action, I ignore difficult terrain. Great, perfect. And my speed—it says my speed increases by ten feet. Does that is negated by the spectral form? Yeah, because the flying speed is kind of superseding your walking speed. So I can move five, ten, or because if if I'm flying through this rock wall. At full movement, I can do 5, 10, and then the dash gives me another 10, so 20 feet. Because it's difficult terrain for two of those things, for for movement, for action, but then for my dash action, I ignore the difficult terrain. And so it's not 5 feet again, it's just 10 feet. Well, I think it's if you use the dash action on your turn, then you ignore just all difficult terrain for that turn. Right, which is the full 10 feet. Including if you do your regular movement. Yeah, this is in the in the, in the handbook. It says when you use the dash action, difficult terrain doesn't cost you extra movement on that turn. The entire turn. Ooh, so yeah, I, the entire turn so that includes dash. your normal movement. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, yeah, yeah. If you start with your dash, then you could do your movement and your action also as dash. Okay, so most so, yeah. likely I'm not going to get stuck in this rock wall. Hopefully, if it's not thirty feet bigger, if it's not thirty whole feet. I could, though. It just depends. Even if you do, it's 1d10 damage, right? Well, if we have knowledge, like, if what we see on roll 20 is what we know... That is correct, and you do. We could just have you cut through this little bit up to the north. That's only 25 right feet. Mm-hmm. And go into the chamber? Yeah. Which whatever may be on that side of the chamber. Can you make yourself invisible still today? I can, Yeah. 
<laughs> but in spectral form, I mean, in spectral form, I, I would, it doesn't say it does, but I mean, in spectral form, I gotta have advantage on stealth because I'm literally a specter. I mean, that's up to Thomas. Can you still be attacked as a specter? I can, but everything has disadvantage against me because I'm a ghost. And it says nothing about me attacking, so I could attack the crap out of things too. Correct. All right. It's just about this time that as you're discussing this, going over the map and being like, well, I could do this. Let me figure this out. It's at the time you hear. Just reverberating in the tunnels and outside. And it just is like a chain reaction. And just like these horns are bellowing throughout the land. And you just hear an uproar of shouting and yelling and fighting as you hear these two, the um, the Alliance has finally descended on the steps of the caldera. You hear dragons bellowing in the sky. You feel the walls of the caldera shake as elemental damage has been struck upon the land uh, on the side of the caldera itself. You hear bellowing giants yelling. You hear magical missiles and magical arcane explosions outside. The battle at the Well of the Dragon has begun. And that is where we're going to end this episode of iCast Fireball. Oh boy. Let's go. Oh boy, oh boy. Here it is. This is it. This it's is the countdown. Audience, we didn't play Hotspot before we started yeah, recording clear. tonight. Can yeah, you tell? Yeah. Yes. You can always tell. You can always. We always got to give us like 60 <laughs> seconds of Hotspot just to get it out of our system. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now that we have all the plans in place, we're. Utilizing these really cool 13th level abilities now. It's <laughs> real exciting to see how they're going to um, all conglomerate into the um, destruction of Tiamat and her cult. I'm excited. I've been planning this for months, years even, and it's really exciting that it's finally here. So as always, Jacob, Ned, Mickey, thank you so much for being our players for this wonderful podcast. Listeners, Thank you, though, for, as always, following us along this crazy adventure that uh, we're just reacting to each other about. It's just a fun time that we are, we'd be doing anyway, and we're just so lucky and blessed that you deem us worthy to join in on, in on the adventure as well. And we're going to shout out a few people that have been reaching out to us. The first one is from Travis. Travis, uh, they messaged us a little while ago, but they said they just discovered iCast Fireball. We're looking for a podcast specifically about the Tyranny of Dragons playthrough. And then while I was looking through, they, were find- they fell in love with iCast Fireball. Um, they said that this podcast was a lot of good insight on how to run their first campaign being Tyranny of Dragons, which I 
still think there are some amazing parts of this campaign, as you can tell, that I think are super engaging and fun to explore. So Travis, thank you. And don't forget to do, don't be afraid to do your home, own homebrew content as well. There's so many wonderful opportunities here in this campaign. So go crazy, Travis. Secondly, we want to shout out a review, Pinch Dinch reviewed us uh, and their subject line was super fun and engaging dvd uh dnd they're nine episodes in loving it solid dm great cast engaging story and excellent improvisational character and team development i give all the improvisational and character development over to the players here they are fantastic and have kept us going for more than a hundred episodes now it's fantastic uh keep up the excellent adventuring is what pinch dinch say and pinch dinch we hope that you are continuing your fantastic adventures as well in your own DD campaigns lastly our final review that we're going to shout out today is uh one of my favorite names in a while jimmy boy 2029 good old jimmy boy 2029 uh, their subject line, so good. Gotta say, I love this show so much. It's hard to find clean, entertaining D&D podcasts, and this is one of the best I've listened to. Thanks for making me smile every day. Jimmy Boy 2029, thank you for making us smile with your fantastic name and the glowing review. If you want to be shouted out on a future episode of iCast Fireball, uh, leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice, or shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. Reach out to us on our social media pages at iCastFireball2020 on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and then, of course, as always, if you want to interact with us on a daily basis and talk the ins and outs of D&D, join our Patreon-exclusive Discord where you can be chatting not only with us but other fantastic DMs who are fans of the show as well. Go to patreon.com slash iCastFireball20 and get the tier that works best for you. We also want to shout out Improv Tabletop, our sister podcast, as always, where they have their fake campaigns that they're back in and doing so much stinking fun. Go give them a listen. Go give them a shout out. And don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM. And around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody. And we'll see you all next time. 